dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. He has risen. Yes, people, let's take some time to praise and give thanks to the Most High God for the gift of life that he has presented to all of us. God, we honor you. We thank you. We appreciate you. We are forever grateful for what you have done for us. You paid the price, a price that was far too high for any of us to pay. And for that, we are forever grateful. 
and we say hallelujah, praises to your name, Lord. Because think about it, people. He gave his life so that we could have a life. He conquered death, allowing us to have eternal life with the Father. And for this, today and every day, we are truly grateful. It's amazing. It's amazing when you really take the time to think about everything that Jesus embodied, everything that he was, everything that he stood for, and everything that he did. Just think about from Good Friday to today. We're not even talking about the three years that he walked on earth and performed miracles. We're not even talking about that. Because that was the fringe benefits. To think, to know that he knew he came here for Good Friday and today. He knew that. He knew his whole reason for coming here was for Good Friday and today. Think about it. And if Jesus had not risen from the grave, he would have just been what everybody else thought he was, a teacher, a prophet. But because he defied death, got up out the grave. He was and he is who he said he was, the son of the most high. It was that act that is the core of our Christian belief. That's what we stand on. That's what all Christianity was birthed on. And we find that in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 14. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Hmm. Think about it. If Christ had not risen, then where would we be? Who would we be today? Who are we today? Why do we do what we do? Because we have the hope of a better life here on earth and in heaven because of what he did. The resurrection proves that Jesus of Nazareth, the one prophesied to be the Messiah of Israel, really was. He is the king and Lord 
of a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, and a new earth. He's all-inclusive. So when everybody says, oh, we're diversified, we're inclusive of others, the only one who can stand and say, I'm all-inclusive, is Christ. Because although we may say we're all-inclusive, we accept everyone for who they are, we really don't. We really don't. And yes, I know you're probably saying, Kay, how could you say what I say? Or how could you say what I believe? Or how could you say what I do? Because you're human. That's how I can say it. Because you're human, just like I'm human. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there haven't been times where, no, I don't accept everybody for everything and everything that they do. No. You grow into that. It's all a part of maturing. But everybody knows out the gate. You don't accept everything from everybody and what they do. You just don't. And if I meet somebody that said that they do, I'm going to look at them sideways. I'm sorry. And I'm not judging you. But I'm not going to believe you either. I'm just not going to believe you. I will give you the benefit of the doubt and say you might be working on doing that. But somebody who every day, regardless, is going to accept everyone for everything. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And true, I can't say that it's not possible, but I don't know. I only know one person who was able to do that. And that was Christ. And the reason why he was able to do that and how I know he was able to do that is because he knew he was born for Friday to today. He knew it. Some of us don't even want to think about when our time is about to come. Nobody wants to even think about that. Some of us can't even handle getting bad news of a disease. And that's for our own self. But we're going to go and take on the diseases and the sins and the horrors and the disgust of everyone else? Hmm. I'm not convinced. So the only one I know that's all-inclusive and did everything for everyone regardless is Christ. Because God is love. And he doesn't know how to do anything else but love. So, for those of you who feel unloved sometimes, don't deceive yourself. It's the devil playing tricks on you. You might feel unloved because of your behavior, although people never equate their sadness and loneliness to the behavior that they might have been putting out there, putting forth. A lot of people don't think about that, that sometimes it's the things that you do that bring on what you're feeling. And I'm not talking about those who have chemical imbalances, mental health issues. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a separate category. 
I'm talking about those who just oh, don't have any friends. You know, no one likes me. I always feel like I'm alone. Okay, so what what are you putting out there? Are you showing yourself friendly? Are you showing yourself that you're open to other people? What's your tolerance level for others that aren't like you? And to think that God doesn't love you, regardless of people, if to, to think that God doesn't love you, God loves you. He just hates the sin. God hates sin. He doesn't hate the individual. He can't look upon sin. That's why Jesus came. So that he could be the sin for us. So when Jesus hung on the cross, And was buried and then walked out of that grave, God can now see us because he sees us through his son. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58, it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, my beloved brethren, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Right? Because we know we have the victory through Jesus Christ. So we are supposed to stay the the course. Don't sway in what you're believing in God. Always do what he's taught us to do from when he walked here on earth. And if we go to 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9, this is what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. True words, Peter. True words. 
Peter was saying, first of all, he was given all praise to the Most High for giving us his son, Christ. And he says, his abundant mercy to have us come back to him again through the living hope of his resurrected son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. So Peter was saying, in that just one verse, Peter was saying, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you had the mercy, that you saw to have mercy on all of us and sending your son to die for us, giving us a hope again that we could be connected to you one day because your son rose from the grave. Because, see, when the first Adam sinned and he separated us from God, there was no way of us getting back to God. There was nothing there to bring us back to God. Yes, they had their sacrifices. Yes, they did, you know, they had the... the, unblemished lambs, and they had the different pigeons and stuff that they would offer. But it wasn't a human. See, Adam was human, so he was human and sinned. So God needed a human to erase the sin. And that's why Christ came. He had to be the human sacrifice. It couldn't take an animal to bring us back to God. It had to be the same form that drew us away from God. That's why Christ had to do what he did. So, and Peter also says, we greatly rejoice. We greatly rejoice when we think about, oh, thank God that Christ died for us. He bore my sins. I'm forever unwalking in mercy and grace right now because God, because Jesus is standing there whenever we're accused. He's standing right there saying, Mm-mm-mm. I paid the price for that. So, yes, we greatly rejoice. But Peter also reminds us that for a little while, meaning here on earth, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. So Peter's letting you know, life is not just going to be easy. Yes, he rose. Yes, we have eternal life. Yes, we have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of being drawn back to God, that we're back in the good graces of God. But while we're here on earth, we're going to feel it. We're going to catch it. Everything is not going to be peaches and cream and, you know, milk and honey and everything going to be happy. No. And we know, we hey, we could see that reading the newspaper if anybody reads newspapers anymore, we can see that in the news. No, I shouldn't say that because I do know someone who reads the newspaper (laughs) every day. But anyway, I digress. We see that in the news. We see that in our lives. It doesn't even have to be on a national scale. We see that every morning when we wake up, some of us in in our household. We see it in our households. We see it in our neighbors. We see it in our neighborhood. So trials are going to come. And who's better to talk about trials than Peter? Because we know trials come to prove how strong your faith is. Right? When trials come, it's to prove how strong your faith is. 
Now I'm talking about those who believe in Christ. Because if you don't believe in Christ, when trials come, you're not even looking at it as a trial. You're looking at it as that's just the way life is. But those of us who walk this road as a Christian, those of us who walk with belief of Christ being our Lord and Savior, we know when things come upon us, it's for a reason. Nothing just happens. There are no just coincidences in God. Things happen for a reason. He puts them in motion for a reason. Even your trials. Some of the trials we bring on ourselves, we discussed that before. We know that we blatantly walk into sin sometimes. And yes, if you're walking into sin, for every action, there's a reaction. We've discussed that. But for those of us who are walking, trying to walk the right way, sometimes we will be tried. Sometimes we will be tested. And like I said, who knows this better than Peter? Because our trials come to prove how strong our faith is to grow us in our faith. And at the end of the day, to give God the glory once we've gone through it. Because everything is for God's glory, good or bad. It's for his glory because he's the ultimate. There is no one higher than him. So anything that happens, good, bad, or indifference, is all for his glory. So remember, the reason why I say Peter of all would know how to speak these words, because he lived it. Peter was the disciple that Jesus had to pray for. Not saying that Jesus didn't pray for them all, but he said to Peter that, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Let me read that again. I messed that up. He said to Peter, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you deny three times that you know me. And that was from Luke twenty two thirty four. 34. Right? Jesus knew because we know Jesus knows all. He's God. God knows everything. Jesus knew everything. He knew everything when he was walking and he was sitting with them, listening to them. He knew everything. He knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were feeling. He knew everything. So for Peter to say those words, for Peter to say those words to break it down, that's a testimony from a person who has walked the walk. That's a testimony from a person who has been there, done that. Because to hear it from someone who heard it from someone, who heard it from someone, it's not the same as hearing it from someone who did it, right? Like I could tell you, oh, I saw a movie about a man who was doing a documentary about another man that climbed Mount Everest. I could tell you about it. I could tell you about the experience. But is it the same as hearing about the experience from the man who actually climbed Mount Everest? No, it's not. So when Peter says, blessed be the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundance, has begotten us again through a living hope of the resurrection, Jesus Christ. He's saying that because 
he walked with Christ. He met Christ. He walked with him. He saw what he was capable of doing. He heard what he told him, although at times he didn't believe it because he had his own mindset going on. That's what the whole renewal of the mind comes in. Because even as Jesus was walking with them, they still all had their own mindset. Jesus was talking, but they still had their own thoughts in their head, what they wanted Jesus to be there to do. That's what they were looking at, what they wanted Jesus to be there to do. And a lot of times, that's the way we look at life, what we want God to be there to do. Not what God has, not what God has already put forth of what he wants to do. We hear him, what he's saying, what he wants to do, but we still have in our mind what we want him to do. And until we get out of that, well, God, this is what I want you to do, or yeah, I hear you, but this is what I want you to do. And that's what they were doing. That's what the disciples were doing. They were listening, but they were still like, yeah, but we want you to do. It wasn't until after when he's gone, when he's risen, when he's not in that grave, when they got the news from Mary Magdalene, he's not there. When they saw him, they saw the, the prints in his hands. They saw the, where the nails were. Then everything, like we say, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Everything started coming back to them. Oh, my goodness. He told us A, B, C, D. That's why he did X, Y, Z. Renewing of the mind. So with Peter's renewed mind, he's able to say, oh, my goodness, thank God for his son. He's able to say that. And he's also able to say that you will be tested, that you will have trials. That is not going to be easy, but. Your faith is much more precious than gold. And it will be tested by fire. But in the end, you're going to praise, honor, and glory the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter tells us. And who else that could tell us better than somebody who, at this point when he was talking like this, had already lived through it. It's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. What Brooklyn sounds like. A thousand words. Won't be enough to sing the praise of my Savior, of my Savior. He who was and is to come, the risen King, holds all power, holds all power. Only you are holy, mighty, worthy of glory. Righteous King in the heavens We 
your words will never change, will never fade. I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded. In a tent filled with lions, you shut their mouths. I walk freely, I walk freely.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now that was some pieces of music. I was in this studio praising God for today. And that's what we should all be doing. We should be praising him today, doing our dance, right? This is the holiest day on the Christian calendar. If it wasn't for this day, you would have no days. And that's what I want you all to realize. If it wasn't for today, you wouldn't have any days to look forward to. But I'm going to give you the music selection that we had playing because, you know, sometimes I forget. Of course, we had our opening song, Making Changes by Grace. In our musical set, we had Jehovah by Ryan Ophi. We had Lion of Judah by Phil Thompson. And we had the new one from the Newsboys and Adam Aggie, He Lives. So now is the time of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in Op-Ed today, of course, you know, we couldn't continue with the conversation of what we were having because think about it. How could you not continue with this conversation? This conversation is never ending. Never ending. It has so many different meanings to so many different people in so many different lives. We're going to go back to Luke. And the reason why we're going to go back to Luke is because we ended off with Luke. The last thing I told you in Luke was that Jesus prayed for, for Peter, right? Jesus told him that before the rooster was to crow, He would deny him three times. But now, if we go before that, let's go before Jesus told Peter that. Because what would prompt Jesus to tell Peter something like that? So we're going to go to Luke 22, 31 to 33. And here it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Hmm. Those two verses right there, I have a question to ask you. How many of us has Satan asked for? Think about it. How many of us do you think that Satan has asked for so that he could sift us like wheat? All of us at one time or another. And how many of us are ready to answer like Peter answered? Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Right? And it was right then after Peter said that, that Jesus told him. 
I tell you, Peter, the rooster's going to crow and you're going to deny me three times. But let's just think about it. Let's just go back to the whole Satan asking for people. Right? Because remember, it wasn't just when Jesus was walking that Satan was asking for people. It's just that Jesus was able to tell Peter that, you know what, Satan asked for you. Because Christ was walking on earth. And like I said, he knew everything. He knew what was going on in heaven as what was going on on earth. Right? So he knew that Satan was asking for Peter. And he told Peter. But I'm praying for you so that your faith doesn't waver. That you don't let him come in and take you over. Because. When that happens and you return to me, he said it. When you have, when you return to me, that you'll be stronger and then you'll be able to encourage your brothers as well to be strong. Because remember, like I said, Peter wasn't the first one that Satan asked for. I'm sure all of you can remember. Who else did Satan ask for? Job, Job 1 and 7. And the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Okay, so that right there, okay, that right there, if nobody doesn't know that God is in control of all things, that scripture right there, Let's you know he's in control of all things. He's he's talking to Satan. And you see the name Satan. He's not talking to Lucifer, morning star, who was up there in heaven with him. He's talking to Satan, the one that he kicked out, right? Like some of you, your wayward children, you still talk to them, right? If you're a parent, no matter how much your child has broke your heart, you still talk to them, right? Because at the end of the day, you know who's in control, right? You know you're in control. Regardless of what that child does, you know you're in control. Or let's put it this way. For those of you who don't know you're in control, you need to know you're in control. Because I know there's some parents out there that feel, oh, I can't control my You're in control. You gave birth to that child. God created Satan. God created Lucifer who turned into Satan. But see, God still talked to him. And he's asking him, where are you coming from? Because it probably wasn't that he showed up there all the time. He probably didn't show up in God's presence all the time. But when he wanted to make his guest appearance, he did it. Right? As children who don't follow directions normally do. And then God asked him, where are you coming from? Of course, Satan's going to you know, answer him. <laughs> Going to and fro on earth. And walking back and forth on it. Of course, God knows that when he was walking back and forth on it, he was up to no good. He was walking back and forth because he was looking for those who he could seek and devour. God knew it. That's why he was asking him, what are you? In other words, God was saying, what are you up to now? That's exactly what God was asking him. What are you up to now? Where are you coming from? Where were you? What mischief have you been stirring up? And this was all in Job. And that's when God was saying to him, now here we go again. God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? 
Because God knew that Satan was out there causing havoc. But God also knew that he had people out there that had hearts for him that no matter what Satan did, it would not be turned. So God even offers up Job to him. Have you considered my my servant Job? And then Satan, of course, replied to him, oh, the only reason why he praises you is because you keep a hedge of protection around him and he's blessing him and blah, 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 making all these excuses for why Job wouldn't turn against the Lord. But then God was like, okay, I'm going to let you have him, but you can't kill him. And see, when Jesus told Peter, I've prayed for you, that your faith would not fail. He was telling him Satan's going to test you because he's already asked for you. He's already asked for you. So it's coming. But I'm letting you know that I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, because even right there in that same sentence, Jesus was like, I prayed that your faith wouldn't fail, but I know it will. Because if he knew that it was, if Jesus knew that his faith wasn't going to fail, he would have never said, and when you have returned to me, because that meant to return to something means that you left it. Right? You don't return to something that you're standing right there and you're right with it all the time. Why would you return if you're there? So in that sentence right there, Jesus tell him, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, straighten your, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus knew Satan was coming for Peter. But he knew that he was also praying that Peter would be strong. But he knew that Peter wouldn't be strong. But he knew that Peter would come back. And when Peter came back, he told him, Strengthen your brethren. Show them what you went through. Teach them how to be strong in the faith. That's what he was telling him right there in that one sentence. But like I said, you don't get it. You don't get it if you're Peter or any of the other disciples because your mind is focused on what you mind you want your mind to be focused on. That's where it's so important now with the renewing of our mind. Right? Because Satan is looking to destroy, to devour, to make people's lives miserable. That's what he does. But because we have a high priest that's standing there who was praying for us when he was on earth, but he prays for us even more now that he's not. Jesus is praying for all of our faith that it doesn't fail. Listen, if you were confronted right now and asked if you, were, if you believed in Christ, put under pressure, threat of death, how many of you would say yes? I can't answer that for anybody. But that is why it's so important, as I've always stressed, it's so important that we have the word of God written on our hearts so that when we 
are put to the test. We can recall, through the help of the Holy Spirit, every word and promise that was given to us so that we could live and stand without fear. But even if you're tested and you fail, you still have the grace of God that can help you get back on track because that's what Jesus is like. And that's what he was telling Peter, and that's what he's telling all of us. I paid the price. I'm here. I'm here, and I'm praying for you guys every day. So when we go back to Peter's words, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you will have trials. But know that your faith is much more precious than gold. So know this. We will be tested because Jesus was tested. Peter was tested. But even if we fail, we are made stronger as a witness for Christ. And it makes us stronger because we need to give God the glory. Because whether we fail or we pass, God still gets the glory in it all. And that ends op-ed. Word of the month, fastidious. I could not say that word last week to save my life, right? Fastidious, very attentive to and concerned about accuracy and detail. And that's what God is calling us to do. Pay attention. Pay attention. Renew your mind. Don't just hear something and still think what you want to hear. Think and listen to what's coming at you so that you can make sound decisions. Our promise for the week is going to come from Luke twenty-two thirty-two. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And with that, I want to say, everybody, have a wonderful day today. And remember, listen to this piece of trivia for you, not really trivia, but some interesting information. We have three of the holiest holidays taking place right now. We have Passover, we have Ramadan, and we have Easter. Do you think God is trying to tell everybody something? Because just think about it. In all of those religions, there's people from all nations that worship in all of those religions, from all nations. So God is really touching all of them when he touches them, right? The common thread through it all is, not that I know what the other ones are, but it, it, when it comes to God, I know it has, number one, to do with love. Being kinder to your neighbors, showing love to one another. That's what God is saying to all of us as we're all praising the Most High in our own ways today. Christians with Easter, Jews with Passover, Muslims with Ramadan, we're still all praying to God. And he's saying, hmm, the one denomination through all of you is me and I'm love. Express love to one another. Worship me, but don't despise your neighbor. 
If you're worshiping me, love your neighbor. Because I don't stand for not loving your neighbor. I don't stand for anything that's not love. So people, we have to pull it together. And like I always say, obedience is better than sacrifice. Do it right the first time and you don't have to give up sacrifices to get back into his good graces. And with that, I see my time is growing short. So I'm going to leave you with a nice little song to make us dance out the day because we should be rejoicing. Never Let Me Go by NK. See you next week. God willing. Peace. Never, no, never, never, no Don't know